Hello, all you reinventors out there. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of Puppy Club and also the founder of this podcast. I love talking to women who have reinvented themselves because every story is different, which also should be an inspiration to you to know that since every story is different, it can be done from a thousand different directions and it can be done from a thousand different angles and with a thousand different tools. And that's the amazing thing. And I, I'm this wonderful conversation I just had with Ivy Slater. I love the fact that she says the hardest negotiation she ever had in business was with her dad when she decided that she wanted to buy the family printing business and she had to negotiate with him and she's no slouch. So, and she started out as a dancer. So that was even not her thing. And then she ended up over in coaching, but she looks at coaching in a very different way. And any of you who are thinking about coaching, it's a very big thing right now, need to listen to the end because she has a revelation in there that's very valuable to anybody who wants to learn about coaching. It's not five, you know, five clients and you're on easy street. I've heard a lot of people say that's what they're sold. It doesn't quite work that way. You have to look at it differently. And that's what she does. That's different about it. And she's been tremendously successful. And she also says, you don't have to look further than your current connections in order to find your first $100,000 worth of clients, which is also very interesting and different. So I hope you will enjoy my conversation with Ivy. Welcome, Ivy. Lovely to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. I'm excited to be here. Great. So let's talk a little bit about you're a serial reinventor. I, I, it's so interesting. I think there's reinvention in the blood of some people is my guess. Um, so let's just talk about, I always love to go back and find out like, you know, what did your parents do? Were they, you know, reinventors? Were they entrepreneurs? Or were they, you know, cogs in a wheel that you went, oh my God, I'm never going to do this. Where did you grow up and um, what did you start out doing in school? So my parents, um, my father was an entrepreneur ah. um, and my mom has started a business when I was younger and then went on when in, in my teens to go work for another company. And they were oh. definitely my inspiration on anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You, you know, a, a strong, strong message from my mother of, you can do this. If you want to do this, you could do this. That's and wonderful. where I would be like, really? I don't know. And she, she would always be like full steam ahead and a hundred percent held that space. Um, my father got into business against his parents' wishes. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, on the belief of my mom and some of her family of, well, what do you have to lose? It's if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You go back to, you go back to the, you know, at that point, going back into being in the union. Wow. Um, and um, so let it, you know, it was very much moving away from security and moving into taking the risk and stepping into belief. But I, I grew up outside, you know, born in Brooklyn, raised outside in Long Island and was a dancer early on. I started dancing when I was three and oh, that was wow. my entire vision for everything I did in life. What kind of dancing? Were you a ballet dancer? 
Um, I did ballet. I, I did ballet and tap in my early years, kept going with ballet, added in, added in jazz. Um, when I started seeing what was going on, you know, to apply to college, I said, well, I better get modern under my belt. I have to be well-rounded. And in high school, started embracing at least two days a week in modern. So I did ballet two days a week. I did modern two days a week. I did jazz two days. I, I was dancing six days a week. You know, just it was that was my life. That wow. was my focus. I can't dance to save my life. So I'm in a huge <laughs> admiration of anybody who can. So did you think you'd be a professional dancer? Um, you know, my, that's the same father said to me when I was thinking about college, he goes, we will pay for college as long as you get a degree in something that pays a bill. That makes sense. And I understand that. Right. From from a parent, from today's in a parental, um, that's very understandable. And dance, the most I made it dance, I was technically a professional dancer because I did earn money dancing, but the most I ever earned was $50 a week. Okay. So, you know, kudos, you know, it might've been a few fights at that dinner table, but kudos to my parents who said, you got to get, you got to get a degree in something that pays the bill. Okay. So what did you end up with a degree in? I had it. I got a dual degree. I got a degree in dance and I got a degree in communications and I did five years and four. And the one thing, you know, and I think it's important is, is knowing ourselves. And the one thing I knew about myself is I love to dance. I love the creative side and I really like nice things in my life. Mm -hmm. And I expect to be able to pay for them for myself. And I never thought anybody should, you know, it'd be lovely getting beautiful gifts in life, but that's an extra. I should be able to take myself to any store I want and be able to buy whatever I want because I can and I'm worth it. That was always my motivation is I never wanted to ask anybody for anything. I just wanted to be independent. And I had a father who was very stingy and made you feel bad every time you asked for anything. So that was the idea. If I want to buy it, I buy it. If I don't want to buy it, I skip it. It's a great feeling. It is. It is. So I, you know, I went on and um, blew out my knee when I was 23, which was my first reinvention of when the doctor looks at you and says, you will never dance again. Oh, okay. Um, And you say, okay, well, I have another degree. I'll just be a producer. You know, I'm going to produce, you know, movies and, and commercials and televisions. Like I can do anything because that's how I was raised. If we believe we can, we can. Um, and that didn't, and I got fired for my first job. Yay for getting fired. <laughs> right. I, I think it's a rite of passage. We it all need to get fired. You do. I you, it actually makes you a better employee because you're tougher next time. You're much tougher and you're not as afraid. Right. I, I think that hits the nail on the head. You're not afraid to take the risk. You're not right. afraid to show up at a hundred percent, even when it's uncomfortable because you've already gotten fired. Yes. And I think that getting fired at 23, I was engaged to be married. I, you know, I, I, I saw like my life in front of me and then everything just, you know, the knee went, the job went, you know, that, and it was continuing to step into possibility when all you want to do is sit down and cry. Yes. So what did you end up doing? Did you get married? Did what happened? 
I did get I did get married and we just enjoyed our, our 36th wedding anniversary, which was lovely to go to a restaurant and, and wow, celebrate. Wow, congratulations. That's Thank huge. It, it, I agree. It is huge. Who knew you yeah. could do this? No, I mean, yes, I'm in a very long marriage too, after parents who broke up three times. So I had no expectations, but yes, it's interesting when you get there. So what did you end up doing then? So did you go back to work? Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. You, you know, I, I had a dream of living in New York City and I had already moved into New York City and um, I was teaching exercise classes on Saturday morning. So it, that would be $8 an hour for three classes. That gave me $24, which was my food for the week. Ooh. And so I needed a job to pay the rent. You know, that was it, it. Hey, it was back in the day with my, my most of, you know, lunch, breakfast, it was coffee and lunch was a yogurt and a piece of fruit because you can get that I under remember. $2. You noodles know, and noodles and, um, for dinner. Job. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I got an opportunity uh, and I stepped into it. For those of listeners in the Northeast, there was a health club. There is a health club chain called Lucia Roberts. And uh, somebody, came, a production manager came to me and said, you know, my wife has, uh, is a banker at Citibank and one of her clients is looking for an executive assistant and this job has your name all over it. And I was like, really? Because I just got fired. I'm not good at anything and I can't <laughs> even dance and I can't do this and I can't do that. And uh, lo and behold, I, I got the job and it was training and entrepreneurship 101. Um, you know, I was Lucille's executive assistant and she would hand oh. me a big stack of files and she's like, okay, Ivy, we're meeting with marketing and advertising people the end of the week. Here's everything. Go prep for the meeting. And I'm like, okay, I don't quite know what that means, but I'll just start reading all this stuff and figuring out what I need to know. And then, you know, the next, a few weeks later, she'd hand me another big stack of files and she was like, okay, we're ready to get started on doing a tra uh, sales trainings. We want to do our district managers, create a good training for our district managers that will then come down to our management. Here, this stack of files that we've done in the last few years, go plan it out and figure it out. And I was like, wow. Okay. And, Great boss. You know, Great boss. I'm not going to tell you every day was an easy day by any means. Right. Um, and it was, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of falling on our, my butt and it was just like, okay, so I wanted to do a triple pirouette. I got a double and I fell on my butt and I got back up to work on the triple. Okay. I could figure this out and it didn't matter. And I was like, because I had already gotten fired. What was the worst thing that was going to happen? I was just getting yep. fired again. Right. Exactly. And so I just kept showing up and then the responsibility got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I ended up planning, uh, I started planning all of her events for, um, young, she was part of YPO, Young Presidents Organization. I started planning those meetings and events and I planned an event and hired an event company and a caterer, this, that, and the other thing. And at that debrief, because when we complete a job, which they did, they wanted to debrief with me, which is an opportunity to look for more business. And, you know, I, I, they said, well, you know, ask me a bunch of questions. I asked them a bunch of questions. They're like, you sound interested in this. And I said, well, I've always loved to cook. I love to cook the side. I'm rather organized. I'm very, you know, I'm very organized. And, um, you know, it sounds very interesting what, what, what you do. And she goes, well, a crazy thing happened. And I said, oh, she goes, 
my parents bought it in in Pennsylvania. I just gave notice. Um, I'm the I'm the the right hand to the owners. I just gave notice to run the catering and event department for my parents and and the restaurant. Would you like to interview for my job? And it wow. said, put something out in the universe, like open something up, right? And be willing to step into it. And I, it was just like, sure, what would it, I had no idea what the career would look like. I had no idea what the job would look like, but I knew there was an opportunity. And I just said, yes. And I think there's so often we forget to say, just say yes. Just say, just yes. say yes and yes. figure it out. Correct. You know, yes, and correct. I did, and I stepped into that job and I became the right hand to the, you know, one owner was an accountant and the other was, was the chef out of, you know, Cornell and they're two brilliant women. And I learned the value, you know, where I learned so much from Lucille working at the right, literally beside an accountant on running a business. I learned mm-hmm. the numbers mm-hmm. and, wow. you know, if it, if it meant how many forks were going out to the, how much profit we were making on the forks, how much money we would move, wow. lose if we lost a fork, um, how much profit is in this? What's the analysis wow. on this? So there was, you know, I had no idea what was wild, Leslie, is I didn't know what I was learning when I was learning. It. Yes. Fabulous. That's great. How long were you there? I was there for several years and I'm still in touch with, there was, it was owned by two out of three sisters. I got friendly with the third sister as well. And we are still friends today. We're still oh. all in touch. That's so sweet. That's great. And is that where it's you learned most sweet, of your and it's business? great for business. Uh-huh. I I'd say I learned a ton of business. And then I went into the printing industry. I wanted to own my own business. I tried to open a couple. I I was 27 years old with a leased apartment and a leased car. And I needed a half a million dollars for one business. I needed a quarter million dollars for another business. Oh and I had about two thousand dollars in the bank. And you know, and no collateral. And um, I ended up in the printing business because of an opportunity. Did you buy and a printing I, business a or you desire to did, become? No. How, how did you manage I, to? I, I sat down with a, dis- so I ended up ha- sitting down with a discussion with my parents and I said, okay, so you knew I tried to open this bagel store and it didn't work out because I didn't have the money. And I, then I tried to buy this franchise and they told me I needed to check for $250,000, fly to San Diego, 10 days of training. And then they set me up. It's like, I didn't have airfare for San Diego, let alone hotel right. room for 10 days of training. Um, forget the $250,000. And I said, you know, I sat down with my parents. I said, you see my goals. I know oh, I can do this. I just don't know how to make it happen. Right. And my father said, let's take a walk. And that's like the parents saying, let's go take a car or drive in the car on the highway because you can't get out of the car when they want to talk to you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, when you got in trouble as a kid and you, your parent would say, let's go take a drive. Okay. No, I this isn't going to be good because you can't get out of the moving car. Um, so he said, you know, listen, I've been, a, a, he had a printing company. Uh, it, he started his own business the year I was born. Oh, wow. And he goes, you know, the buyers are, you know, getting younger and younger. There's an opportunity here for you if you want to step into it. Oh, his and business. Said, was this the well, family business? His already? business. I see. It, okay. was, it was a business he started. Okay. And what was interesting is I said, well, okay. And like, let's see, what would this look like? 
and we talked about it. And I, and I said, you know, I, he goes, you, you've been selling, you know how to sell apparently. And I said, no, I do really well in sales. I make very good money. And at that time, this was, I was going on 28 and he offered me $18,000 and I was making in the forties at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. And I said, excuse me. And he goes, well, <laughs> he goes, you want to make more money? Go create sales. And um, right. we, we put the, probably the hardest negotiation I ever did, no matter all the things I've negotiated in my, in my 50 plus years, got it? Was um, with your dad. Almost 60, the hardest, the hardest negotiation. And we, we kind of duked it out over time. And I eventually started for him in that July. And I showed up and I said, okay, I'm ready to make money. What do I do? And he said, there's the yellow pages and the pavement, pick one. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay. I that's great. Never got a lead. I never got a referral. Anybody who ever called the company and asking who was referred never came to me. So it was I was a hundred percent responsible on building a book of business. Wow. And it okay. took me a few years and I started learning and I learned more and I learned more. And the this was the old days, Leslie's when the accountant used to come in. And I would like roll my chair across the office once a month. And I would ask him questions like, wait a second, if I'm getting a percentage of profits, what does this 10% mean? Like, why, are you, why is the company keeping this 10%? Mm. Like, that's my money. That's 50% of that is my money. I've earned this. Right. And I would be like, really like irrational. Right. And um, he would say, well, let's, let me explain. And he goes, I want you to pull all these bills and I want you to total up what the insurance for this company is a year, what, the, what this is, but it, and he would give me homework and I would then go back next month. I was like, wow, this, this, this costs more money than I thought. And I started learning that piece. And a few years later, I had my first child. And I, after I came back six months later, I looked at my father. I said, it's time to talk about make, making me a partner. And he laughed. He said, are you out of your mind? My name's on this door. I built this company. And I said, yes, you did. And you taught me a lot. And if you look at the numbers, which you taught me to do, I bring in over 50% of the business. It's my time. Oh, you are tough, to girlfriend. You're tough. I, I, you. That's great. So um, I, I became a partner. He had a junior partner who ran production that within six months walked out the door after 20 years, my father, because he didn't want to be partners with a woman. Oh my. And oh yeah. And then my father goes, okay, well now what are we going to do? And I said, well, he goes, you already have a kid, you know, you aren't, don't you want more children? We should think about like, maybe I'll retire at some point. You'll scale back. Well, we'll look at one of my colleagues can take you in. And I said, no, no, that's not really going to work for me. I think we should merge or we should go bigger. The bigger we go, I'll give you another grandkid because then I'll know my book of business will be well taken care of. And he goes, I've done that. I, he goes, I don't need that this time in my life. And I said, and I do. So he goes, fine, you want to do it. I'll support you, but I'm not spearheading it. This is your baby. And I did that. We merged and we created a three and a half million dollar company. Wow. And lasted five years. Had, a, had my second child. And when that little one was two, and there were several reasons that business blew up, with the partnership blew up. 
I went out on my own and I walked into the office on a Monday morning and the other two partners had cleaned out over the weekend. Receptionist was crying. I just dropped two kids at school and I look at my dad and I was like, let's go in the office and talk. And I said, you know, this is where your expertise, what do we need to do? And he's like, let's call the attorney. Let's call the accountant. Let's call the bank. I said, great. And then after we did those three things, I said, dad, it's my time. I'm opening my own business. I can sustain myself. I can support myself. The business you still have will run through my company from this day forward. You keep 100% of the profits. I don't want anything for it. I'm here. Like you gave me an opportunity. This is your opportunity to enjoy this portion of your life. And we shook hands on it. And that was my business until I reinvented myself at 45. Wow. Awesome. That's so lovely. So what was your reinvention at 45? And why did you reinvent at 45? I, I love the why question, Leslie. Um, you know, I could make it easy and say, oh, I had this midlife crisis. And I did. Um, yet at 45, my father had already passed and my kids were turning into teenagers. And I, I remember saying, oh, my goodness, they're going to be off to college in a blink of an That's eye. Right. Like they're growing up in a blink of an eye. And I'm going to be a printer. Yes. Right. And I said, was going to be a dancer. I was going to be a producer. I was going to do all these things and I make great money, mind you. Um, but I'm a printer. Like where, where am I going to be later? Like what's, what's, who's Ivy Slater? And who is she going to be today and tomorrow? What is my future? Not attached to being the mom of my kids and the wife and, and the business and the printer and the business owner and the person I had great clients at W Magazine, New York Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, I had fabulous clients, but I was like, but who am I? And that drove me on the next reinvention. And so how did you come about with who you were? Did you go into therapy? Did you do coaching? Did you, <laughs> how did you find that bridge? Cause so many people are struggling Ivy. And that's the hard part is an awful lot of listeners, they know they have to reinvent because something's happening with their business, their life, whatever. The hard part is as what, you know, how did you I, find the what? Well, I think, first of all, as we age, we become more risk adverse. Okay. Correct. So taking a risk as we get older becomes more difficult. It was, you know, for myself, it was easier to take the risks when I was in my twenties, my thirties, my forties. Now, now I was 45 and it's like, throwing out, you know, a million dollar company because, right. you know, because for no, right. For no valid reason to find myself. Right. And, um, I, I, I've always, you know, even after I couldn't dance, I've always worked out and that's been like my release of, you know, how I release tension and stress and transition my days. And after work, I was working out with a trainer who I'd been with for years and we became friends over time. And we were in the park and I'm doing walking lunges and crying, 100% hysterical crying as I'm lunging. And <laughs> okay. she goes, you ought to become a coach. And I was like, what are you talking about? I can't dance anymore. Don't you understand? I can't, I can't do a full plie. I, what do you, I can't, I've never played soccer in my life. I'm a lousy tennis player. Oh, what in the world oh, are you talking funny. about? And she said, and this just, you know, to put it on a point of reference is this was 2007. So coaching was not no, the, no, the 
known, known ability for lack of no words here Correct. was not there. And, um, and I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, I'm in this coaching group and you would love this. And you know, Ivy, you've helped me build out my business. And, and when I was a trainer, you know, working for somebody, I now have my own company and I have group classes and I have programs and I have all this stuff. And I, I, you know, you, you've been such an asset in this. And I was like, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. And, you know, okay, great. And she said, I said, okay, finish that up. I go home, I open my computer, at least I had one at the time. And I Google what is coaching and page one is soccer and tennis and everything else. And same thing on page two. And, you know, and page three at the bottom starts talking about this other thing about coaching. And I'm a firm believer in market research. And I, you know, maybe it's being the printer in me is like the market is saying, you know, working with marketing and advertising company, you know, departments or companies for so long. It's like, what, what is the market saying? And so I started asking people and I started, and I started having conversations. I did research. Um, I asked my kids' friends. One went, you know, is a psychologist and went back to school for a specialty in something. Said, can I have coffee? I'm crying at Starbucks, of course, because I'm still in the midlife crisis moment. And I asked her about coaching. And I said, she goes, oh my God, that's so you. I was like, that's very nice. But what does that mean? And she went on to explain. I said, but am I becoming a psychotherapist? Do I have to have a couch? She goes, no. Then I asked my daughter's friends, mom. And, you know, and I said, you know, you do a lot of public figure work and you're, you know, do a lot of publicity, blah, blah. What is this coaching thing? She goes, yeah, it's really an up and coming field. And my next question was, can you earn a living? I was like, we're both raising, you know, kids in New York City at a certain lifestyle, you know. So tell me, do you actually, can you earn a living at this? And then I, I, I talked to my accountant who actually screamed my, his bloody head off at me like an idiot. And I threw his opinions out. And then I asked my attorney, I talked to my attorney, I, I, my professional network, I reached out to in every direction saying, what, how can I learn? What, what is this? And my attorney looked at me and he goes, I have another client who did that in New Jersey. You want to talk to him? I said, yes. And I had that conversation and that just all of a sudden I spoke to my husband. I said, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to kind of take this, you know, I'm going to get this certification and then I'm going to figure it out. And he goes, did okay, if that makes you happy. Ivy, did you sell your business or did you just close it or what did you do? With no, the that's, business? that's a, I had a business business colleague that we shared an office with and we supported each other. So we, we shared staff. We had two separate companies, but we supported each other so we could have great lifestyles. And uh, it was a very unique relationship. And when I made this decision, he knew I, he knew I was struggling in things. And I, I looked at him, I said, let's go take a walk. And we did. And I remember walking from 36th and 9th up to 50 something and, and then almost basically to Central Park and then back around 8th Avenue and back down. And I said, I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to open a different company. I'm going to migrate out of printing. How would you like to handle this? And we just sat down. He goes, let's, let's figure it out. And we sat down and we did a two year, 
what was actually anticipated to be a three-year business transition buyout, which we did in two. So I wow. owned Slater Great. Success and Slater Graphics for from January of 08 through 09. And in January of 2010, I was completely divested of Slater Graphics. Wow, awesome. So we know that there are a gazillion coaches now. <clears throat> How do you set yourself apart? Because a, a lot of women like coaching. They want, want to go into it. Um, I know that one of the issues for me, I'm obviously surrounded by coaches. I was highly skeptical in the beginning. I did my 25 years of psychotherapy. And one of the issues I had was that it's all looking back and nothing forward. But when I found the right coaches who could do interesting things, I'm a total believer now. Not everybody's gifted um, because it's become a little bit, I say, like the new real estate. So it's, there's a lot of people who just don't know what to do <laughs> next, right? And so they, they, they think this is an easy thing to do. They like to help people, blah, blah, blah. But what do you do that's unique? And what do you get out of it that you couldn't get out of it before? And can you make a living? Um, really great, great questions. I'll say one of the first things, one of the first things I got caught up in, which was a huge learning lesson for me is I was like, okay, so I'm a coach and that means I'm a business owner and it's not, you have to decide to run a business and the deliverables are coaching, but actually the deliverables are the results your clients receive. So it's understanding that coaching is not a business, understanding that coaching is a modality that a business delivers. And that took me a couple of years to get out of my own way and understand and start running this as a company again. Once you do that, you look at what areas do I want to work in and why? So, you know, for me, I thought I was going to do something in, in immensely different. And I set, you know, my sights in that direction. I was like, great, I'll have a couple. I'll have like about 10 clients. They tell me I'm going to have, you get 10 clients, you charge this. This is what the model is. And, you know, it took me about two to two and a half years to like kind of step up, take a step back and say, this isn't going to work. This is not a business model. I need to start running a business. And my client, my old printing clients, who I always kept in touch with, because I'm a strong believer in building relationships long-lasting relationships, relationships that value people and not value money. You know, I just kept in touch with people and they're like, hey, can I, can I talk to you? You know, I know you've built a few different businesses. I'm thinking of leaving this huge parent company and opening my own graphic design business. I'm thinking of opening my own marketing agency. And then, you know, it takes a little bit, I'll always say my Keith Richards moment, you know, when the coconut ramp dropped on my head and said, People are looking to me to help them here. Can I, is this a business? And it is. So let's start building it as one. And what does that mean specifically? What are people coming to you for? What's your expertise? Because there's a bazillion coaches, right? Yes. I 100% help my clients scale and grow their organizations. I work an enormous amount in the professional space with attorneys, law firms, accountants, CFOs, women in financial companies, um, marketing and advertising agencies. I just kind of know a little bit about marketing and advertising back in the day. Um, and 
you know, how, how are you going to expand and grow that organization? And that's, that's what I've done for years. And that's what I help others with. Great. So you're really in the growth area. A thousand percent in the okay. growing and expansion area. And right. I help organizations, especially in the service-based area. That's hard. That's great. That's really actually great because a lot of the people listening are in service and they will find if they're not already there, um, that's the hard part. The, well, it's hard, you know, it's all hard. I, I take that back. But yeah. getting scale and getting moving in that direction is hard after you've proved yourself and then getting to that next step. So what would you tell anybody? I would love one or two little tips and tricks as we come to the end here who are thinking of moving into being a coach. What, you know, sophisticated women like you and me, what would you tell me on the side? Like, don't do this, do that. I wish I had done X, Y, Z. What are the secrets to making it work? Um, a couple of secrets. Number one, if, if we're talking coaching specifically, understand that coaching is not a business. It's, it's something that a business can deliver to help a client receive, achieve a results. So be very aware that being a coach is not being in business. Um, I, I'm very, very clear on that. I speak to a variety of different coaching certification prog programs. There are people about this. So understand you want to create a business model. So take the time, create a vision for the business, get help. Okay. Whether it be a colleague, a coach, Leslie, like you, I have invested in amazing coaches over the years and continue to. Even being a coach myself, I will end up focusing on my clients and not my own company if I don't have somebody I'm accountable to make sure I'm staying in my vision for this company and this business and my life. So don't, you know, it took me a few years to get out of my own stubborn way. And one of the greatest things I did was hire some hire a coach. I hear this all the time. And it's so interesting. And you hear it with very successful people. And I, I'm still a little skeptical on that side, but I do hear it. I hear coaches saying that they've hired coaches to keep them directed. So that is totally true. And I will say my last, my last tip is, um, we've all come to a time that we've built amazing relationships in our life in various forms. From old business colleagues, to organizations we're involved in, nonprofits and charities, um, college, post-college education, high school Facebook groups. We've built amazing relationships in there. Our kids, friends, parents. We've built amazing relationships that have an enormous amount of resources. Stop worrying about who you're going to meet tomorrow and actually connect with the people you already know. And you can build your first several hundred thousand dollars with that. Oh, I love that as an ending. That's so juicy. That's fantastic. I love it. Ivy, thank you so much for your time. And what a great story. I love it. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I love talking to people who look at things in a different way. I love the fact that they come to it by their own hook and crook 
and they have to figure it out. And what I love is that I can pass that information on to you so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself and you can start from where they left off. And if you're really interested in reinvention, I hope you'll listen to some of the other podcasts we have here, 150 women we've interviewed already. And I hope that you'll also mosey on over to coveyclub.com. We have a lot of great reinvention stories for you. And we go beyond just the career reinvention. We do too on the podcast, but we talk about reinventing your body, your health, your life, your perspective. There's so much that can be reinvented. And if you don't want to do a giant reinvention, you can do a small one. Sometimes it's just redoing your look as you get older and deciding, you know what? I don't want to wear those freaking high heels anymore. I'm going to be Miss Crunchy Granola in my next 20 years. And I say that from experience. (laughs) I have all those huge stilettos and they're still sitting in my closet and I'm about ready to get rid of all of them. So come on over to Covey Club, join us there. We have wonderful ways to connect you with experts. Wonderful, we have a wonderful group of women who will hold a space for you while you figure out what you wanna do next. And we also have some events coming up and we will be doing more live events uh, as COVID recedes. So we have a lot to offer you if you're thinking about what's next for yourself. And so come join us. Thanks a lot for listening.